spend time with God. I will pray. I will pray. 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 I will pray. I will be holy. I will be holy. 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 I will be. I will be holy. I will fulfill God's purpose for me and my generation. My generation. My generation. I will fulfill God's purpose. God's purpose for my generation. For me and my generation. My generation. I will live the vow. Father, we love you. And God, we authentically want to be uh, people that know you in this generation, God. God, we truly uh, want, not in name, not in theory, but in actuality, in the way that we spend our mornings and our afternoons, in the education that we pursue, in the, in the way we spend our dollars, in the way that we, uh, who we marry and how we, every part of our lives, Jesus, we want to be devoted to following you. And God, we ask, I ask for a supernatural grace from my friends, Lord. I pray that over the decades to come, Lord God, that this truly would be a springboard, that this would not be the pinnacle, but this would be the beginning of the beginning. This would be the shallow end of where you're taking them. God, I pray that you would take them deeper and deeper, I pray, Lord Jesus, that heralders of the gospel would come out of here. I pray, Lord Jesus, that, uh, that uh, script writers and, 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 and bankers and, and singers that know God would come out of this place, have a burden and an urgency to follow you. We love you and we thank you for what you're going to do. Amen. Uh, tonight my talk is called More Than a Reputation. And we're, we have three weeks left. I'm going to talk to you a little. I'm going to start looking a little bit of, of being focused and, and what takes place when you leave here. Uh, I'm going to, tonight, I'm in Revelation and thinking a little bit about us as a tribe, as a people. And um, This verse has kind of been just leapt out at me and I want us to take a look at it. And this is kind of a tribal council tonight. This is more of a family meeting. This is, this is just us. This isn't... A, a, a church. This isn't an evangelistic meeting right here tonight. This is a band of disciples that are committed to pray fervently and committed to holiness and committed to spend time with Jesus every day and committed to pray for a generation. And I'm reading Revelation 3 and this verse leaps out at me and I want, I want us just to do inventory tonight. I want us to take a hard look Yes, at us as individuals, but even more so as us as a corporate people. Revelation chapter 3, verse 1. Jesus talking here. To the angel of the church in Sardis write, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Obey it and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief. And you will, know, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. It's interesting because here's this church, this church in Sardis, and they have a reputation. They have a reputation of being alive. And I don't think that this is a scenario where they're trying to give off a false idea. They're not, you know, spiritually dead and intentionally trying to look hypocritical. That's not what's going on here. This is a church that in years past, the fire of God burned bright. Fervency was real. There was an aliveness. There was life. 
And so some commentators think that it was out of the Ephesian revival that it you know, swept through Asia and that this was one of the churches that was impacted by that. But this church, this church called Sardis, this church was known for being alive. It was known for having passion. It was known for its deeds, what it did. That was the reputation that it had. And it wasn't the only way that you gain a reputation like that is by actually doing it. And so the nature of possessing a reputation is not in itself bad. By nature of doing stuff for the kingdom, there is a legitimate reputation gained of being alive. There's no problem in having a reputation of being alive. That's a good thing, actually. That is shining the light of salvation. That's really good. And so Jesus says, write this to the church in Sardis. You have a reputation for being alive. There was a day when you were alive. Personified by your actions, what you did. He says, but now you are dead. Now you're dead. Wake up. A reputation of one thing, and yet it's not what's real. A face, a facade, a smile, a way of doing things. It's alive, but in reality, dead. I think it's just interesting to imagine Jesus giving a personal letter to these individual churches in the city. I mean, for us, you know, it's forever written in the canon of Scripture, and we just kind of look at it as as a historical thing that he's saying to John. But these are real churches that Jesus looks at really the way that they live. I just, I'm curious as to if Jesus could look at us. I mean, have 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 you ever had one kind of expectation of something? You had a perception. And when you actually when you actually saw it in reality or experienced it in reality, it was different than what you originally thought, you know? I grew up um, in a family where my parents didn't allow us to go to movie theaters. And so I I always thought that if you walked into the movie theater, demons would attack you. The nature of going into a theater was not much different than, you know, than, you know, like, I don't know, killing yourself or something. Like, it was horrible. It was like, don't do drugs, don't get drunk, don't go to movies. That was like all in one sentence. And so, and so I grew up thinking that way, and I had this perception. I remember walking past the mall in Oklahoma City and just seeing that movie theater thinking, watching people go in and just thinking they are, you know, sons of the devil. You know, like, how awful to go into a movie theater. Well, uh, when I was 23, actually a funny thing happened when I was 21, a movie came out uh, called The Prince of Egypt. I was dating a young lady named Renata, and she was like, I don't think Jesus would have a problem if we go to this movie. And I was like, then you don't know God because because we would sell our soul to the devil to go watch this this cartoon in this movie theater. Movie theaters are bad, you know? I had this perception. Oh, we had been married for, I don't know, four or five months and we were on staff here at New Life. I was 23 years old and, 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 and I had watched movies at home since I was a kid, you know, like something wrong with movie theaters, nothing wrong with VHS and DVD, you know. And uh, so I remember, so the first time I went to the movie theater was here in Colorado Springs, 23, and I went in and I was shocked. There was no demons. It was like 
I did walk out feeling like I was going to hell and um, had a, a shocking surprise, you know. It wasn't quite, quite what I thought it was. It was all right. I love, my, I love the, uh, have you ever seen, I, one of my favorite, I'll say it that way, one of my favorite um, scenes, since we're speaking of movies, is uh, in Braveheart, William Wallace, you know, where the legend of William Wallace begins to rumble and it kind of goes to a, a song bed and sound in the back and there's like people talking of his legacy and, you know, Moses through the Red Sea, you know, that kind of stuff. And he's kind of this legend. There's this big talk and then he shows up, face painted blue, you know, and he comes out. It's my favorite moment. All men love it. I'm sure the girls are like, oh God, I got to hear about this again. <laughs> there's something about Wallace that causes all men to go, ah! Oh! But anyway, and so, um, and so he... He, he stands up in front of this crowd and he's like, you know, I'm William Wallace. And they're like, William Wallace is 10 feet tall. Had a perception, why? False perception, <laughs> this is my favorite point. He's like, yeah, I've heard. And if he were here, he'd consume the English with, I better stop there, but he, 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 he has this, they have this false perception. And I just, I just, I think sometimes when we've done church years and years and years, we've done prayer meetings, Years and years and years. Or weeks and weeks or months and months. I just wonder if we develop a perception about ourselves. We, 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 you know, if we put the word radical on the poster, if we put extremism on the brochure, and if we use language of extravagance, is that what makes what we're doing alive? And do you think that it's possible that even in a context like ours where there's language of fervency, do you think it's possible that over time, not intentionally, but over time we have the perception that we're abandoned, the perception that we're extreme, the perception that we're fervent, the perception that we're radical. But when you get down to the actual man who made these statements about specific churches, what would he say of our tribe? Now, I know the temptation because here's what we do. We go, well, we're radical. I mean, we do prayer meetings and we, I, have a, I, have a, I have an accountability leader that looks at me and asks me, you know, if I've done A, B, and C this week. I, that's not a part of my junior high small group. This is radical. And so we feel radical because when we compare ourselves to the small group of yesteryear, this seems radical. But when you think about the fact that one day it says that Jesus is going to come back and we're going to be like him. <laughs> we're going to see him as he is and we're going to be like him. I just wonder, I just wonder if he would look at us and go, that's extravagance. Or if it's possible, could it be that we're guilty of this very thing in this church in Sardis? Because I'll be honest with you, we think that people think that we're fervent. We think that outsiders think that we're alive. We think we have a reputation for being alive. And you know what? It's probably true. I mean, I don't know if it's because, you know, we use imagery of fire and furnaces. Everything, uh, you know, that, that we put out is usually me screaming, you know. And maybe it's that we have speakers like Britt Hancock come and scream, fire of heaven, you know, or something like that. Or, great leaders that have led prayer meetings in the past or the fact that we use a historical framework and we talk about revivals of yesteryear like the Moravians and John Wesley and all those things. But tonight I just want to do a gut check. 
are we alive in love for Jesus? Are we alive in prayer? I'm not talking about are we going through the motions. I'm talking about are we alive? Are we alive in intentional sacrifice for the one that we love? I mean, what if we're the ones that are guilty of having a reputation of being alive? And I know you could, you could say this over your own heart. And normally, I think the way this would probably be the easiest way to preach would be to talk about uh, you, know, you as an individual. But I don't want to do that tonight. I want to talk about us. I want to talk about us corporately. You allowing your heart to allow the fire for Jesus to turn down affects the community. But God's called us as a people to live with this. It's a corporate reality. And only Jesus knows, and you know. We know. Let thousands of people think what they want. Good reputation, bad reputation, however the thing goes down. What matters in this context with us, is it real? Are we really alive? Or have we, in only a few years, embraced a methodology of extravagance, but our hearts aren't alive? And because we have a methodology that seems extravagant compared to the church down the road, we think we're radical. But if Jesus were to look at us, would he look at us and say, furnace is alive. Furnace is a heart that's alive on the inside. I think that it's easy to allow it to calm down. I think it's easy to know when we've given up on 100% obedience. We've settled. To find fasting is for radicals and eccentrics and because we've got such a busy schedule, fasting is too hard for us. It's alive, the enemy. Keep us lethargic. I want to, I want to tell you this. If you, if, you, if you get in a place where you're like, I feel like I want to be alive in God, I'll tell you in my journey, there's two things. Scripture meditation and fasting. Soften your heart. Oh. We know in our own heart if we're spending time with God in the prayer meetings. If we're mostly doing homework and texting and getting here late, enduring it for the sake of chilies afterwards. All that matters is the heart. And you could be in here and you could have a heart alive and be texting and looking forward to chilies, or you could be in here and have a heart dead. Only you know your heart. And Jesus knows. My fear is that our temptation is to build up this, I joined the tribe, you know? What Austin was saying. I joined the tribe and we pray. And this, this shield of, you know, marketing meets schedule meets, you know, a cool accountability group leader with matching sweatshirts. And we go, and it's easy to kind of hide behind this and have the persona, a reputation of being alive, but inside we're dead. Inside we're just like everybody else. We live with the lust of the age creeping in. We're not going into the enemy's camp. We're just secluding ourselves. Now we wanna, we wanna be offensively going after 
crushing the enemy. It's uncomfortable. I'm going to be alive in God. I'm a spirit that's alive. Are we alive? Are you alive? Are we full throttle for Jesus in the present tense right now, today? The way that we spent today and this week? Or are we looking at a graduation day and falsely thinking that we're going to gain some kind of spiritual achievement? No. You wearing a ring is not an achievement, it's a commitment. You putting a ring on your finger that says for the Lamb's reward is not a spiritual monument to your greatness. It's looking at the one you love saying, I'm with you forever. I'm going to embrace a lifestyle that this tribe and people in the past have gone for. I'm going to have good days and bad days, but I'm aiming at full throttle. I'm aiming at 100%. I think sometimes it's so easy to live in the memory of yesteryear or yesterday or yestermonth, you know? Radical. I joined this thing in September. Man, just joined doing prayer meetings all the time. For the first time, I've got a God time that's pretty consistent. Got an accountability leader that's challenging me, reading books about God, praying for my generation. I'm going on trips. Got a vision for God to move. I believe, like Austin was saying, I believe that God speaks today. Got an open view of the prophetic. I think that God talks. then April rolls, rolls around. It's kind of like, oh yeah, well, I've learned how to manipulate my way past my accountability leader to say it right so that I don't get asked the hard questions. Or maybe I've just started lying altogether. Or I've learned that David doesn't really beat me with a stick based upon what I put on my gathering card. There's really no repercussions. It really is just a God and they really don't do anything with it. So so maybe I can just flirt with, you know, verbalizing and saying I'm committed and not be. My heart's, you know, not where it was. We allow our hearts to grow dead. We have the knowledge of what it was like to be alive. And in our head, we think we're there. But only you and Jesus know if you are fighting for your heart in this hour. The only, the only person that knows my heart is Jesus and me. I can put on any face. I can make Renata think, y'all think, anybody think. I'm alive in God and I can preach sermons on it and make, you know, only I know and God knows if I'm really choosing, fighting to live alive today in the present tense, right now. And when you look at Revival movements, prayer movements, church movements, people movements. This, it's tempting to live in the glory days of yesteryear. Not only in your own life, but as a corporate people. I talk all the time about the Moravians. 1727. Well, 280 years later, how much are we hearing, you know, are we meeting Moravians that are missionaries around here? That seems foreign. Moravian movement is all but gone. I mean, in terms of, I know it, it's still present, it still exists. But as far as being cutting edge, look at John Wesley's movement. We talk about that all the time. 
if you go into one of the Methodist church in downtown Colorado Springs, I've done it, is not cutting edge in terms of fervency and fasting and prayer and sacrifice. It's different. And you know, that's the nature of when God moves and we just become content with what he did in the past. You know, 2003, 2004, God was moving. It was awesome. So let's just be content with where that was. Friends, we need within us an urgency to not only be alive today with our individual hearts, but in this context, power encounters, healings, miracles, salvations, belief. Not just say, yeah, we're just praying for the conferences because we did that last year and that's part of it. No, 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 no. We're believing for kids, that, for the blind to see. We're believing for transformations. But if this tribe becomes complacent, this is the tribe that's praying. This is the tribe that has the reputation of being alive. How tragic if we have the reputation of being alive and we're dead. But we got videos that Austin puts on YouTube, and we got all kinds of stuff. But outwardly, it's easy to look alive. You can look alive. You can fake it. You know how to fake it. I know how to fake it. Get our teeth, smile. Oh, yeah, brother. Well, the verse came alive this week. John 3.16, you know, like, it's just hitting me. No, we know. The nature, the nature of this journey is the enemy wants to crush it. The enemy wants not only for you not to fight for your heart, but for you to give up fighting for the community that you're a part of. It's one thing to be a part of this community now, but 10 years from now, you're going to be a part of a local church and your temptation is to get mad at your pastor, annoyed with the children's system, and just kind of step out and be, ah, the church is messed up. Forget that. The, the enemy wins. You lose. The kingdom loses. We've got to fight for, for it to be alive in our hearts now. And we got to fight for it in our community, in this community, this little tribe, this little group of people right here. We're going to fight for it. We're not, we do not want Jesus to go. You guys are dead. And I don't know that he would. Uh, this is not a state of the union, you know, state of the furnace. Hey, guys, we're dead. I'm not saying that. I don't know. I don't know. All that's going on in me tonight is I want to make sure that when we stand before Jesus, we go, our hearts are alive. And he goes, yeah, they are. This is just a safety net where I'm just going, let's just make sure. Let's just, let's just kind of ring each other's bell and beat each other over the head with a bat and say, let's make sure that we are not Sardis. Because I know, here's what scares me. I talk to youth pastors. I talk to college kids. I know people think, I know we have a reputation of being alive. But I don't know if we are. I know we want to be. But I know it's a battle. I know your life is a battle. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't sign a card and fill out an application and suddenly, voila, you know, life gets more supernatural. No, you got the same temptation to look at pornography. You got the same temptation to make out with the girl. You got the same temptation to give yourself to laziness and lethargy. You got the same temptation to cheat. You got the same temptation to lie as anybody else. But we live with this public statement we're going for it, and that's the church. I want a reputation for being alive, and I want to be alive. We want a reputation shining the light 
and we want it to be true. It's not false. When Jesus says, wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. And then he says, remember therefore, he, said, he says, wake up. And then he tells us how to wake up. Remember therefore what you have received and heard. I want you to think right now. I'm just, this is just, this is just insurance, making sure that we're not dead. I want you right now just to begin to think practically. Here's Jesus' practical application in waking us up. He says, remember what you have received and heard. I want you right now just to remember the activity of God in your heart. Remember the day you were saved. Remember the prophetic promises that God has spoken to you or maybe through someone else has spoken to you. Remember the moments of conviction from reading the scriptures or maybe from hearing God's word. Remember it. Remember the scriptures. Talk about it. Doodle the promises of God all over the place. Blog it. Remember it. Think about it. Pray it. Sing it. Put it on your MySpace, Facebook, and Google thing. Just do all of it. Talk about it. Remember it. Remember what God has done for you. What you've already received. The good gift He's already done in you. And obey it. Give yourself. Sign up for 100% obedience again tonight. You know? You've remembered it tattooed it on your skin if you're the Newtons you know you however oh, be obedient to it be obedient re-sign up God I don't want to understand I don't want to settle for a false understanding of grace and believe that just because I'm prayed a prayer I can do whatever I want under the banner of grace you'll always forgive and therefore I can use the grace of God as a license for morality. No, 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 no. Resign up for, God, I want to pursue 100% obedience. If because I love you, I'll obey you 100%. Aim for 100%. Sign up for obedience. Sign up for no unwholesome words coming out of your mouth. Sign up for no bitterness inside of you. Sign up. Sign up. Sign up for not slandering anyone in your group, anyone in the furnace, and allowing a murderous spirit, is what Jesus said it, to enter in. Sign up. Sign up for not living with anger. Easily annoyed. That's anger. Well, I'm kind of someone that I'm kind of quirky. I get easily annoyed. That's the spirit of anger existing in you. Get rid of it. Deal with it. If you're annoyed easily, that's anger. That's not a personality trait. Repent to God. Come before God and repent. God, I repent of this. I repent of, I repent of tolerating immorality. I repent of what I say. I repent of this. I repent of that. Get right with God. Let's repent to each other. We, we want to be alive today. You know where life comes right now? The Holy Spirit. We want the presence of the Holy Spirit here. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways.
is what Jesus says right here in John in, in Revelation 3. Repent. Then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, heal their land. I don't I don't know. I don't think let me hear me hear me straight. I don't think that we're dead. I just want to make sure of it. I just don't want us to slowly, slowly, slowly to get more and more lethargic and dead. We want to be alive. We want to be alive in 2001. We want to be alive in 2005. We want to be alive in 2008. We want to be alive in God in September and alive in God in April. We don't want to finish, go to a banquet. I endured the agony of prayer. I, a spiritual achievement. I was holy for a year. I was accountable for a year. If that's it, do not take this ring. If that's it, do not touch it. Only if he is awesome. He's holy. I'm going to fall over and over again, but I'm aiming it for 100%. My life is about him. And so I love prayer. I love accountability. I know it ruffles my feathers and the spirit of the age makes it hard. But the anthem that's within me is I want to be alive in God. May the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. That's what we want. We don't want to be dead. We're alive. We have a reputation for being alive because it's true. We stand with me. I want us just to take a few moments to repent. Some of you need to repent to God. Some of you may need to repent to each other. But we're going to take a few moments. And this isn't church. This isn't... Everybody's here signed up for this. You know, this is the, this is the believers hanging out together, doing life together. There's no time schedules to meet. There's no ice cream socials tonight. There's no visitors meeting post this, so we've got to hurry. There's no parking lot problem. All the reasons why we've justified getting out of here quick or out the window you've grown up with it it's all you've ever known all you've ever known your whole life is schedules and secret churches and friends who knows what God could do tonight who knows what God can do in you you may spend three hours tonight on your face weeping re-signing up for a life of fasting you may go spend two hours praying with someone that you've held bitterness toward. God needs to heal that so that he can use you to supernaturally be a conduit of his kindness. But you're plugging up that conduit because you're filled with bitterness and rage. Holy Spirit, would you come? God, we desperately want to be alive. So many days we feel tired. Tests to take, the college, and jobs to work, and bills to pay, cars to fix, people to call, books to read. 
aside from all that, you're what matters. Tonight we say we want to be alive in God. No matter what the reputations are, good, bad, or ugly, God, we want to know God. We want our spirits buoyant and alive. We as the furnace, as a tribe, God. God, we repent of going through the motions. We repent of bitterness towards leaders, bitterness towards people in our groups. We repent of spiritual arrogance and pride and elitism. speakers from Desperation, a ministry of New Life Church in Colorado Springs. For more information on becoming a Desperation intern, attending one of our conferences, or joining the Desperation National Network for local churches, visit us at desperationonline.com.